Yes, sir. You know what time it is. Welcome to Calder right here on Fanatic Sportsbook. My name is Kazim Famiwide. Thank you so much for joining me right here. Once again, a happy new year. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the hottest team in the NBA. Don't look now, but the New York Knicks are rolling. Now, before I left, you know, there was a lot of changes that has happened with the New York Knicks. But since we've last spoken, the Knicks have traded away Emmanuel Quigley and R.J. Barrett to the Toronto Raptors for Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, and OG Ananobi. And OG Ananobi has been an incredible addition to this New York Knicks team for several reasons. One, the fit has completely opened up this New York Knicks offense. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, the two teams' all-stars, are likely all-stars, I'll just say all-star candidates, have been playing absolutely lights out since this trade. And on top of that, the Knicks are undefeated in 2024. Since the New York Knicks have acquired OG Ananobi, he's done things that have just completely opened up this offense, right? 4-0 since the OG trade, but more importantly than that, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, the, the two players that look to be all-stars for this Knicks team, have been putting up monstrous numbers. Jalen Brunson, 27.3 points per game, 9.3 assists on 47% field goal shooting, while Julius Randle has been averaging 30 points per game, 7 rebounds, and 50% from the field. The New York Knicks aren't just beating up on all Sorans either. They have put together some impressive victories. One over the number one team in the Western Conference on OG's first game with the Minnesota Timberwolves, absolutely blitzing the Philadelphia 76ers 128 to 92 on Friday night. And then once again, following up, beating not just the Chicago Bulls, but the Washington Wizards in perspective games after that. This New York Knicks team, uh, just for a moment, stood at fourth place in the Eastern Conference. But now, since they acquired OG Ananobi, they have made the middle of that Eastern Conference an absolute dogfight. And just looking at the teams in there, it doesn't look like it's going to end up anytime soon. From the three seed down, the Philadelphia 76ers are 23-12, and 12, but between the Magic, the Cavaliers, and the Knicks, and the Pacers, they all, and the Heat, they all have 15 losses and at least 20 or 21 wins. From the three seed to the nine seed, all of those players are separated by at least a game and a half. So now, looking at what the Knicks schedule is looking like, before this trade went down, people were lamenting, me being one of them in particular, about the incredibly tough schedule that the New York Knicks were going up against. They only played a league-low 11 home games leading into Christmas. They had to add an extra game because of the playing tournament, which happened to be against the Milwaukee Bucks, and most of their opponents were against teams over 500. But now, looking at this Knicks record and the way they have been playing thus far, they are in the meat of what people would say is a time to get fat, fill up, on some of the lower-ranked teams in the NBA. Let's get right into it, all right? New York Knicks coming up right now. They have games, uh, most of them at home as well, since they spent most of the time on the road, against teams that aren't necessarily 
that great. Here comes the, the go against the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow night. The Dallas Mavericks, who are a great team, obviously, with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. But after that, you got the Grizzlies, who are still circling the wagons with John Morant returning. You got another game against the Magic, which is going to have huge implications in the middle of the Eastern Conference. But then you got the Rockets, the Wizards. That Raptors game is looking like it's going to be a hell of a game now, especially seeing the way R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly have been playing. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets, the Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat, and the Charlotte Hornets. But... I can't be the only person who has seen the way this Knicks team has played since acquiring OG Ananobi and not think that this is a squad that can maybe possibly go into the higher level of the Eastern Conference. Not just because of how they look right now, but of the assets they acquired and still hold on to after the trade. You got to remember, they still have... Evan Fournier's expiring contract, which can be very valuable leading up to the trade deadline. You didn't have to give up any one of those first-round picks to acquire OG Ananobi, and he is putting up a historic plus-minus since joining the team, the highest in NBA history for a player acquired through a team's first four games right now at a plus 76. That is absolutely unheard of. And on top of that, just watching the style of play, you can't help but believe that OG Ananobi is a guy that is cut right from the Tom Thibodeau cloth of basketball players, right? Somebody who doesn't necessarily need plays called for him, but he hits wide open corner shots. He can create for other players. He's big and he can guard players from the second position all the way up to the center position. And man, it's been an absolute hand in glove fit for the New York Knicks thus far. And I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that believes so. I feel like ESPN, all the other pundits who gave this grade an A- minus once they acquired OG Ananobi, haven't looked right so far, man. The New York Knicks just seem like they have an identity, they have a toughness, and they are beating teams that are looking to be contenders come this springtime. Those victories against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Philadelphia 76ers, especially on Friday night when they absolutely blew the doors off of them, has been incredible. But I think what's made this trade even more special is the stuff that it's opened up for the players that were already on the team. Guys like Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, whose minutes were sort of in flux, have now found solid roles off the bench to help shore up what they lost in Emmanuel quickly. Now, don't get me wrong. Losing to R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly definitely sucks, especially if you're a Knicks fan. Watching guys that you draft, develop, and turn into solid NBA players is always a tough thing to go through. However, this is one of those rare occasions where this trade seems like a win-win for both parties. You send R.J. Barrett to Toronto, back home to the six, where he can really be a player that he could have his wings spread and be the star player, at least a first or second option that I feel he's always uh, wanted to be, but probably never was going to be as a member of the New York Knicks. And doing it at home got to be a little bit more sweet. And, of course, Emmanuel Quickly, a guy who I'll say was one of my favorite players to watch as a New York Knick, uh, who has developed into one of the best six men in the NBA and probably could have won the sixth man of the year last year, was coming up. Uh, towards the end of his rookie contract this season and was obviously looking for a huge pay raise. And when he got Jalen Brunson on that team, it is really, really tough to pay two point guards top-level money like that. So they send Emmanuel quickly to Toronto where he goes up and becomes a starter for them. 
And he's looked absolutely incredible as well, man. So January 20th, I got that date circled on my calendar when the Toronto Raptors visit the New York Knicks Master Square Garden. And we welcome back RJ and Emmanuel quickly for a game that is going to have a whole lot of juice to it, especially seeing how both of these teams have played so far. But how far can these New York Knicks climb? Can they catch the Boston Celtics? Can they? Catch the Philadelphia 76ers. They've already had victories over the Milwaukee Bucks, and they've been sputtering a little bit since Christmas. They got a huge victory against the Philadelphia 76ers. They have beaten every one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference except the Orlando Magic and the Boston Celtics. Now, without Mitchell Robinson in that lineup, uh, obviously, the uh, the defense and what they do to handle Kristaps Porzingis was bit, has been the difference for the New York Knicks every time they've matched up. But you got to love what you've been seeing from Isaiah Hartenstein throughout this entire run. Losing Mitchell Robinson was absolutely a gut punch. But I, Hart, another person who has been a value signing for the New York Knicks, have been playing some of the best ball at center, not just for the New York Knicks, but throughout the entire NBA. And this is going up against, like, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joel Embiid, I mean, Nikola Vucevic, like, these are somebody who's going up against big men in the NBA who have a reputation, and now the word is getting around town that he's a stifled tower in the middle. He can block shots. He's going to get rebounds. He's a very willing passer, and I feel like, in some ways, him being able to facilitate at the top of the key has opened up the offense so much for guys like DiVincenzo as well, who's been lights out from downtown. This is some of the best ball the New York Knicks have been playing all year, and it's clicking just at the right time, exactly when you want to see if your team is legit or not, especially with all those assets. Now it's all up to that front office of World Wide West and Leon Rose to see if now is the time to put all those chips into the table and see if they can get one more asset to make this team a championship-level team, not next year, but this year. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be a disgruntled star on a team that isn't necessarily living up to expectations? Is it going to be a guy who's on an expiring contract who wants to get paid like a superstar player? Is it going to be a guy like Donovan Mitchell who has seen to be linked to this team for so many years? There's a lot of prospects out there. We've been hearing about Devin Booker, Deont uh, Deontay Murray, uh, Donovan Mitchell, maybe. Or maybe it's just a another ancillary piece to help shore up that bench production, because the way this starting lineup has been playing ever since acquiring OG Ananobi, they look like a team that can hang with anybody in the NBA. What a season so far for the New York Knicks. Next up, though, we got some news, man. Uh, Draymond Green, whose uh, suspension from the NBA just came to an end this weekend, uh, finally broke his silence. Spoke on the Draymond Green show, his podcast on the Volume Sports, and he had a uh, pretty, you, uh, I would say, surprising revelation that he let people know about. He said, "Quote: Draymond Green was really ready to end his career, uh, retire after his latest incident uh, with Yusef Nurkic against the Phoenix Suns uh, that led to his suspension." Quote: um, He said. I told him, Adam, this is too much for me. It's too much. It's all becoming too much for me. I'm going to retire. And Adam said, you're making a very rash decision, and I will not let you do that. Wow. Um, 
I mean, it's uh, Draymond Green, obviously one of the best uh, ambassadors for the league as far as uh, being a, a, a media savant. Also, with the uh, everything he's seen as a basketball player, everything he's accomplished on the court, I think it's obviously going to be a tough blow if uh, he decided to retire. But you always know. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many professional athletes you've spoken to uh, over the years, folks out there that are watching this, but doesn't it always seem like once you talk about retirement, it always seems like you, you don't really, it, it's hard to turn it back up once you've already put it out there that you're about to be done playing basketball. And if I find it hard to believe that somebody was saying, man, Draymond, you're an amazing player, but can you please not kick people in the nuts? Can you please not put people in headlocks? Can you please just take control of your body when you're playing basketball? And in addition to getting the help that you need, he contemplated retirement. I got to be honest, man. That is a shocking thing to hear. But in any case, man, he, he says he is not retiring. And he had another quote from the podcast where he said, we had a long, great conversation, very helpful to me. Very thankful to play in the league with a commissioner like Adam, who's more about helping you than hurting you, helping you than punishing you. He's more about the players. Um, Draymond, Draymond obviously has had a litany of incidents that led up to the suspension, which includes uh, putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, uh, taking a swing on Yusuf Nurkic, um, hitting players in the balls, being suspended in the NBA Finals for stepping on people, there's been lots of things, but the suspension ended up being 12 games. Uh, he was reinstated Saturday, but did not play against the Toronto Raptors when they lost 133-118. Uh, and he's likely going to miss Wednesday's home game as well. But he could return this week against Chicago or Milwaukee on the road. It is going to be very interesting to see whether he comes back, how he's received, how he plays. If the edge that he plays with that we are sort of uh, accustomed to seeing uh, gets taken down a notch, if he's a different player, I mean, he's going to be one of the most interesting guys to watch coming up because what makes him effective is that edge that he plays with. And if he's already telling people that he contemplated hanging up his sneakers in a season where the Golden State Warriors do not look like the Golden State Warriors of old, it does look like the end of the road for at, at least the way we know this team, whether it's uh, Chris Paul's injury, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody not being happy with their time, Clay Thompson not necessarily playing as great as he is, and obviously Stephen Curry, who can still be Stephen Curry sometimes, but that's a lot of load to carry. Uh, man, Draymond Green, we will see what happens with him as far as this season is concerned, because I truly believe if he doesn't play with that edge, it doesn't necessarily help the Golden State Warriors. But if he does play with that edge and something else happens and it's another flagrant or or anything, I mean, he's got such a, a thin line. He's got such a short leash on being able to play in this league, especially after everything he's already gone through. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what if he just – I don't want to put anything out there. But, man, he got to believe Draymond Green's going to be getting watched like a hawk for any single thing he does in the game. And then he's going to have to keep the emotions in check. And then, by God, who knows uh, what would happen since then. So he's already put it out there. 
Hopefully, we get to see him against the Chicago Bulls or the Milwaukee Bucks this week. But Draymond Green contemplating retirement after his suspension. I mean, shout out to Adam Silver being the Peepers commissioner and, and not necessarily uh, putting the hammer down on him like that. But uh, he knows how much he means to the league and means to the game and, and means to the growing of this game. So I'm glad he's not retiring. But boy, it is going to be an interesting watch whenever number 23 for the Warriors heads back on the court. That's it for today's episode of Count It. Uh, this is Fanatic Sportsbook. My name is Kazim Famiwide, and I will catch you guys next time, people. Have a good one.